listening to the Toxicans Podcast 101 with Emily Poulin. And this episode is going to talk about what I have been doing over the last two weeks because I had a really crazy workload with school and my other job and just life in general was getting really busy. So this episode's going to be a little bit longer just so I can talk about over the last two weeks and capture what I've been working on. Um, so week five, I pretty much was just gathering more information, trying to really understand what angle I want to come at in terms of addressing the importance of the bog and kind of the value that it holds. And again, I was kind of talking about last week how when I went to the bog and I was exploring with the other people there and a lot of them knew a lot more about the wetlands and biodiversity and the plant species I felt a little bit out of my element in terms of a science perspective because I don't really know a lot about the science I feel like my role in terms of this project and even just my future career I really want to help with social justice from a cultural side and from an attitudes and behavioral aspect because I feel like people are the reason or people are the way that we can create change by influencing people and trying to create that community and connection through understanding and compassion and empathy and just having a lot of curiosity but that's the thing it's like how do we get to that like how do we get people's attention and get people to want to care and how do we raise awareness within the public sector within communities and how there's so many issues that go on nowadays I think this year has been a prime example to show how there's been pretty much I'd say an endless amount of issues and problems that keep coming up we saw the forest fires earlier this year in Australia and then we got hit with a global pandemic um, we saw forest fires in Washington coming up the coast here in Vancouver. And there was the Black Lives Matter movement that happened. And, I mean, poverty right now and homeless people and just the past examples of the fentanyl overdoses. Like, there's a lot of issues, right? And so people's time is, is precious and... We don't have access to everything, so how can I streamline the importance and the main facts that people need to know and frame it in a way that they will want to know, that they can engage with the content that'll speak to them, spark interest, spark curiosity, and I feel like doing that is a lot more important in terms of just spewing out a bunch of information because the thing is, is all that information is already out there, right? I've been able to access it. I've been learning on my own. Um, but it's taken me to take on this role in my practicum to do that work and to sit down. So I feel like my duty is kind of just to streamline that and think of it as how can I grab a general public audience that would be interested and that would walk away feeling like they want to make a change or they want to help in some way um, or just feeling like they're more informed now and they can make their decisions. So bringing it back, um, I feel like a lot of our, a lot of the work that I've been learning is very sciencey, and so I have to kind of remind myself again and again that 
we are working with a social justice theme and climate change is really important. And the beautiful thing about the bog and the peat moss is that it holds a lot of carbon. And so this is kind of where I find my interest sparks because I really want to better understand that and explain to other people how protecting this wetland, even though it might bring no significance to your daily lives, actually is a huge foundation to keeping our ecosystems and I guess you could say our climate in check and in line because it holds so much carbon and it really helps to balance out those fluctuations because the bog can also absorb a lot of water, right? It's basically nature's natural sponge. So we had a Zoom call with the bog committee and there is a student, I talked about her a little bit on the last episode, she came to the bog with us. She's doing her master's in wetlands. She's such a lovely person and she created a PowerPoint for us to go through in the during the meeting towards the end. And she kind of broke down the significance of having water monitors. And we were talking about these water monitors that they're putting along the river and along the bog as well because they will start to measure the bog, the water levels. And then we can have a better idea of what's going on behind the scenes because unless we know the water levels and how they're changing, we don't really know what's going on. And unfortunately, there hasn't been a lot of consistent data being recorded. So we're kind of starting from scratch. Um, yeah, so Janice is another lady that was on the BOG committee and she had put up um, some posts with consulting firms to get them to come and collect data on the water chemistry and it was looking to be about fifteen dollars to $20,000 and let me remind you, this BOG committee is all done volunteer based so no one's getting paid. There is one lady um, who works for Metro Vancouver, and so she gets paid, but I don't really think this is like her full-time job working with the bog. I think she's just, because the Metro Vancouver technically owns the park, they have someone that is required to be a part of the committee and help the bog committee address issues and talk about what's going on and kind of give that like authority to saying yes and no. And again, she was able to find a consultant, make up a... A bid I guess to seeing how much it would cost and again fifteen twenty thousand dollars so that's a quite a bit of money um, so instead they're kind of wanting to attract student interest and that's a little bit how I think I've come into play and also the the girl who's doing her name's Sarah who's doing her master's um, because she's able to actually research the stu the studies that need to be done and pretty much for no cost so that's great um, they did explain that there was a Trinity Western student who had come in right for COVID and was going to start doing the research and water monitoring, but then because of COVID, they had to pull back. So again, we're just seeing how a lot of times life can come up and these types of things often get pushed aside. Um, so yeah, we're, they're working on monitoring the water levels and hopefully getting a few more monitors out there. And Another thing that we talked about was that we really need a great story 
to capture the audience, capture community interest, and to really use that as a backbone for long-term fundraising. So we're kind of trying to, to brainstorm on a really beautiful story to kind of create so that we can talk about the blog in a way that will get, gain people's interest. Um, and a lot of this will help with just restoration and making sure that we're protecting and improving the bog. Another takeaway from our Zoom meeting would be that there's a lot of work that needs to be done still. So there's wells that are throughout the bog and Sarah was saying that when she went through, she was able to find most of them, but they're all been grown over and filled up with, I guess, just dirt and leaves and debris. So she has to go in there and basically unplug all of them. And she had asked me to come with her, but just with COVID and everything and with my university's policy recommendations during COVID right now, I was told I should not be really making my bubble any bigger, going into person. I don't need to travel to the bog. It's not in my requirements. So I told her that I unfortunately won't be able to join, but um, definitely keep open communication with emailing because I hope that I'll be able to actually interview her for an article that I'd like to make as well. And yeah, so basically that was week five, just kind of doing a lot more like thinking on my on my end of like how I can really contribute and help because again I feel a little bit like I lack in the science department of what's going on but I want to help them with their fundraising and their campaigning and trying to gain public um, interest but this seems like such a long-term project and because my time with them is so short I just want to be as useful as I can be and hoping that what I'm doing will actually really help them in the future. So yeah, just a lot of thinking and talking right now, more researching on my end. I basically spent a few nights during the week just looking at articles in the Langley Times and what other communities are doing to raise awareness and fundraising just to kind of get like some perspective on angles and how I can approach it. And yeah, I think that it will be really interesting to see the data that they come up with. I think that they're tracking water levels from 12 years ago, and that's what they've been using so far, but that's been so long, and there's been nothing really recently, so we do need to start over again, and it's hard because I really want to talk about the climate change part and the carbon sequestration and just how the bog holds so much potential to really help us combat climate change. But right now, the bog is in such a such a, a limbo time because it's very it's been very invaded with other species and it hasn't really been looked after. So even Yokum was telling me that we don't know. Yokum is my host organizer, by the way. We don't really know what we should do in terms of do we protect the bog and start to implement our resources in ways that will help to protect it and mitigate the changes and return to a bog because in order for it to be a bog it has to have extremely low pH the waterfall the rainfall has to have no ecological components towards it um, 
and I don't even really know what that means, <laughs> to be honest, but basically the rainfall has to sit in a very low part of the bog. It can't be on top of everything. It has to be sinking into the ground, and if it starts to remain on top, then flooding will happen, and then the bog won't actually be a bog anymore. It turns into more of a forest type of landscape. Hopefully I'm explaining this correctly. Um, but yeah, so there's just kind of all this, all this background stuff going on in terms of understanding, like, is this still a bog? Because it's the pH could be going up. There's a lot of invasive species right now, the blueberry farms and cranberry fields. So, or sorry, blueberry bushes and cranberry fields. So all of that. Um, so just kind of bringing it back, I think that for week six, what I mostly was now focusing on was basically what can I deliver? What's going to be my end product? What will I be giving them at the end of my practicum? Because again, it's a little bit been unclear and lacking a bit of structure. And this isn't really anything to do with the BOG committee or my host organizer. It's just kind of the nature of this field that I'm working in, I think. I think there's so much up in the air for a lot of organizations during this time, especially with climate change. A lot of the things that need to be done are through policies and government and bureaucracies. And that's kind of what I'm learning. And so although I feel a little bit lost time to time in terms of my direction, I think that it's really given me a great insight into the reality of a lot of these types of a lot of this type of work and what needs to go in to make these changes because at the end of the day it is just a lot of people who care and want to make a change and again we're seeing then this own bog committee that metro vancouver and the bureaucracies that go into play here are the ones that are preventing us from doing a lot of this type of work and i was telling you guys about the signage that was going on before with the bog and how it was so expensive and they had to get it contracted and approved and they don't have the money so the government's not going to fund it but they're the ones who basically tick off all the boxes and give you a bill and tell you if you want this, this is how much it's going to cost and this is who's going to be doing it um so yeah i think that i i did start to make a powerpoint and for me that was just so i could have a visual and kind of see the flow of it. I've also been working in a Google Doc for most of this and just writing notes by hand. But yeah, it's just kind of helping me conceptualize it a bit more. And so I would recommend doing that as well. I found that really helped me, but play around with it. I think that there's no right or wrong way to gather your information and try to give you some inspiration about it. For me, that was kind of the PowerPoint idea. Like I felt really inspired when I was doing it. And then I started to add images that I took from the bog and highlight some key points, put some sort of quotes that I thought were important in quotation marks. And again, like I said, there's so much amazing data out there about this. So it's just me taking it and streamlining it and trying to highlight the main points or of, of how I think the public would respond and what they would want to see and hear. And Again, that's a little bit hard to do and assume without taking surveys, without really being involved in the communities, without really having an idea of what goes on behind the scenes. So 
I'm so thankful that I have the BOG committee to be talking to about this and that they kind of are the ones that have been there for so long and they know a lot more than me and they're pretty much like my walking textbook. So yeah, that pretty much captures the first two weeks, or sorry, the last two weeks. Um, I'm just trying to make sure that I went over everything and yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty fun and I'm excited to see the end result even though I'm not really going to be there because Yoakum was telling me that this is probably going to be like a year's process. Um, even just monitoring the water levels, that has to be done for about a year before they can really gather enough scientific evidence to indicate what direction it's heading in, what's actually really been going on. Um, I've been learning a lot about the bird species that go there and the sandhill cranes are one of the most important bird species that naturally, their natural habitat is in the bog and in lower mainland they're really um, important bird species. So that's the thing too, like a lot of this natural habitat is really important to wildlife and the birds and the insects and again things that maybe people don't really think about or see so even just from a animal life perspective it's really important to keep the bog intact to keep the wetlands thriving and making sure that they're not being harmed and that we're recycling the nutrients throughout it so that it's not being actually depleted out um yeah, there's so many different things. I think that's kind of what has been taking me so long is because there's so much to know and read about and learn and it's a completely new field for me. So everything I'm reading is kind of new and interesting. And so yeah, I think that's where I'm going to leave it off today. That's pretty much where I'm at, what's been happening, all the latest news in terms of my practicum and working with the BOG committee. I'm going to spend the next week just trying to actually map out the timeline and figure out what kind of deliverable that I will be giving them towards the end of this practicum. Have a great day. Thank you so much for listening. Bye.